welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. Meow. Meow, 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 meow. That man making sound of a Williams car getting points in his first race is Andrew Berger. Hello, friends. Ooh, came in sultry. Mm. Kenny G. And we are talking Monza. So, Joe, you had a wonderful idea. I did. Before we discuss the qualifying and the race result, why don't we look at it through the lens of our predictions from the previous week? Oh, I think we should definitely do that. First, I think we should give a big round of applause to Andrew Berger himself thank you, thank for you. being the number one predictions expert at Forecast F1, beating out everyone in the world or in North America. I can't remember now. I think it's North America. Well, some say North America is the world. Okay. It, it is. And those people are American and only speak one language. Anyways, it's still a huge accomplishment. <laughs> Andrew is number one. We are so proud that our co-host is on top of the world. So hopefully more people listen to our podcast and listen to the advice uh, we give for predictions and stuff like that. Max Verstappen gave me a call and congratulated me. So, you know. Him and Nick. I think Nick, once he got out of the Williams car, he just called you to congratulate you. He did. He told me, he was like, it didn't even matter that he just won points in an undrivable car. He was just so proud of me and my He had to get dragged out of that car because his arms didn't work. (laughs) And then someone had to hold his hand up to dial the phone because he couldn't (laughs) lift his arm. So, okay. I think there's a agreement between Charles Leclerc and Red Bull about uh, he wants to be asked a question because the amount of questions they ask him, it's almost like they are, they're like the strategists were like, okay, we will ask you if you want to do it first before saying do it or not, because they're asking like every little question. Now, do you want to come in for mediums question? So you mean, you mean between Charles Leclerc and Ferrari? What did I say? Red Bull. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe Char- maybe you're telling the future. Maybe when Charles <laughs> is like, I want to win the world champion, Max yeah. is like, I've won five. Take it. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, I think, honestly, um, Verstappen is basically going after Schumacher and um, uh, Hamilton's record there. I wouldn't confirm that until he wins at least three or four. I will say this. For, this, for, for the foreseeable future... He is going to reign supreme. I feel like any predictions bracket, if you put him at fastest lap or making pole or winning the race, that's mm-hmm. a that's a sure bet. Yeah. It's it's the era of Red Bull. Red Bull has returned. Christian Horner, the windbag, yeah. is back. Also, Joe, did you know that this Grand Prix was the first Grand Prix held without the Queen? Without without the queen living, I she, did know because she just died. Well, yes, yes, we we all know. So that makes that makes sense. Yes. Our it condol- checks out. Our condolences to the royal family. Eh, but <laughs> like, yes, you're gonna get canceled, not, dude. <laughs> no, like I'm not gonna. My condo- well, my condolences to a family. How about that? Okay, my condolences to a family for losing a grandmother. You know, Charles losing a mother. The kids, the little ones losing a great-grandmother. Sure, my condolences for that. Royal family, I'm not here to, you know, toast to 
autocracies. I watched a video, though, due to the royal family's properties and how their real estate works. The British people's taxes are two pounds and like 61 pence less than if the than if the monarchy was kind of taken apart. So you're saying they pay less taxes because there's a monarchy? Yeah, because the monarchy owns all this land. Effectively, the monarchy owns most of the land of the, you know, not the not Ireland, but the British, you know, yeah, Scotland. The that's a feudal yeah, the system. British yeah, that's not good. That's literally a feudal system. That's what we've what we've strive for independence over. This right, is but stateside <laughs> F one, my friend. We're Americans over here, and America. we want to <laughs> we want to die from lack of access to stuff. <laughs> So, all right, so let's, so let's go, Joe, starting with our predictions, and then we'll, uh, we'll go deeper into the teams, each team's communication during the race, and just the issues that went on, and also the Tifosi, uh, the Tifosi in Italy, the uh, Ferrari fans. Ooh, booing. Yeah, they, they were, they were... Not as bad, but they were pretty. They were pretty bad, like uh, like the the Orange Army, but they only kept booing. They didn't actually throw projectiles or sure. harass anyone that I've yeah. read about recently. Yeah, like physically harass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's also a sport. You know, if it was just booing for Lewis as well, um, then I'd be like, sure, whatever. But you know, there's stories of the Orange Army, like you were saying harassing and whipping stuff onto the track that we see. But um, if it's just booing, it's let's, these are very, honestly, Max had a great response to that. He goes, I didn't like it, but they're, you know, fired up fans. They, they're passionate fans. Yeah. For Ferrari. So like, I get it. And I got to say, the more I hear Max do post interviews and stuff like that, the more I'm just like, yeah, I get it. This guy just wants to race. And I yeah. think it was previous a couple of previous episodes before I compared him to Nicky Lauda. And once I did that, something clicked in my brain. I was like, yeah, this dude just literally is, he only has the next race on his mind. He's not here for any causes and stuff like that. And that's fine. That's okay to have. We have our Sebastian Vettels or Lewis Hamiltons that use their platform for good. It would be nice if he wants to use his platform for something, but he's also young. He could later in his career, as Vettel did. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's I think he'll figure something out. Sure. There was I think the most endearing part uh of the race I sent it to you earlier was it was a shot of Checo's dad clapping as he passed for P, someone for P9 and there's Max Verstappen's girlfriend. I think her name's Kelly PK, Nelson PK's daughter or relative. I think daughter. Yeah, she's she's just like watching another TV screen, watching Max Max take the lead of the race for like the the gazillionth time. <laughs> and I respect their relationship. I like the Max Kelly relationship because he's coming in being like a stepdad. Yeah, being of the father probably he didn't have growing up. All yeah. the pictures I see with him with Kelly's daughter or son, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I don't Kelly's know. kid just yeah. looks so wholesome, and he looks present. And I like that. So, you know, Max is probably just a shy guy um, and has a certain persona on camera. And we only see what the media shows us to see. So, yeah. But anyways, about predictions, I predicted, I think we both predicted 
Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell for one, two, and three? We did. And that's uh, exactly how it turned out. Max first, Leclerc second, George Russell third. I would have liked to see Leclerc win, but... Yeah, he he would have been, you know, obviously the hero. Totally. He, yeah. Leclerc, though, took um, eight poles in a single season, same as Schumacher. He's tied for Schumacher, for Ferrari for that. Oh, wow. I'm surprised Hamilton hasn't, has Hamilton beaten that? He must have. I think he's won more races, but I think for poles... Schumacher had the lead of most polls per season and Leclerc just tied that. That's so funny. Yes. I may be wrong. Message us <laughs> if I'm wrong on that. I'm pretty certain on that one. I was so happy that uh, Russell at least made podium because Mercedes at the end of the race, when the, uh, after Ricardo wasn't even, it was Ricardo that ruined it, not even Latifi, because Latifi no, was, yeah, was just... Ricardo, Ricardo's car was just struck by uh, bad luck. I don't know what happened to the car. Do you know? I think he lost his power unit, but I think it happened to Ricardo at Red Bull, too. Like, after it was known that he was leaving the team, his car just kept getting, like, worse and mm. worse. Do you think Zach Brown, like, threw a wrench in there or something? It was either that, or they were just like, don't overcook the engine, because we just don't... It doesn't matter. <laughs> It's interesting, though, uh, that Ricardo was told on the radio. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they messaged him being like, hey, can you slow down Gasly? Yeah. Uh, and back up a bit so when Lando exits the pit, he will exit in front of you. And then Ricardo's slow response. You can hear him thinking of every other way to not say F off. <laughs> and he ended up overtaking. So uh, uh, Lando had a bad pit. Because they yeah. did a one-two pit, right? Oh, no, they didn't do one-two pit. No, they didn't uh, double stack. They didn't double stack, no. Uh, but there was a bad pit for Lando and... Um, oh, it was... Yeah, uh, Lando had a five-second pit. And then Ricardo overtook him. He got sixth and Lando was ninth for a little bit. And then, like two laps later, Lando overtook Ricardo. Because Lando was on softs and Ricardo was on used hards. What a joke. Yeah, they want him to. They don't want him to win because they don't. They don't want to make it look like it's a bad decision. I heard there's some news that uh, Ricardo might go to Mercedes as a reserve driver to start, and there's some people even considering that he might be uh, replacing Hamilton when Hamilton retires. But I think that's pretty. Uh, that's definitely not the case because he isn't yeah. performing. Also, uh, Hamilton spoke out on that rumor. Oh, I missed that. That Ricardo might come to Mercedes, and Hamilton was like, no, he needs to be in a seat now. He should well, be racing. Hamilton could also just be pissed at McCle- uh, Mercedes for making a decision that he doesn't want them to make. That's true. Because he doesn't, he's just a driver for the team. He doesn't own any stake in the team. That would also be a conflict of interest, I feel, if you were a driver and you own part. But also look at uh, the Strolls. Yeah, or Toto Wolf owns. He does. He owns a chunk of Mercedes. He does, but I I feel like that's different because he's running the team. He's not actively driving. Um, let's talk fourth, fifth, and sixth. So I predicted Perez, Hamilton, and Sainz. This that kind of hurt me because yeah, you had Sainz for fourth, correct? What did you do? Fourth, fifth, and sixth. 
Yeah, I had Signs, Hamilton, and Perez. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Because fourth, fifth, and sixth, Signs, Hamilton, and Perez. Yeah. Right on the nose. You got that perfect. It's it's Monza. I knew that the Ferrari drivers would... Like, Ferrari just knew they would do anything they could to come out as high as they possibly could. So there was going to be no mistakes if they could help it. And Signs was just an animal so good he that was the best drive he like it was it reminded me when i when hamilton was in the uh, sprint race last year and he went from last to like second place yeah or verstappen a couple races ago oh yeah yeah (laughs) see verstappen's just i've seen it already been there done that so to me verstappen's just you know, he's just he's just the next guy. <laughs> yeah, Sainz killed it. He was on a tear. Started 16th, right? Yeah. And then he ended fourth. Yeah, that was just, it was so dirty. And it was a nice slow cook, too. He was, it was. the whole race, it was just, it was just confident and it was committed. And he was killing it. He, that's what the races need to be. They need to be just... Ferrari, for once, they weren't making necessarily erratic decisions. They, I wouldn't call their decisions calculated in this race because they were still discussing. Like it felt like when they asked Signs or Leclerc what, like they were giving them options and they let the drivers decide. It's like, it's like, dude, like I'm driving at 200 miles per hour. That's what makes me think that Leclerc asked for the questions. Right. Because even even uh, Joylyn Palmer was like, why do they keep asking questions? And it made me think like, this is second race they're doing this now. I think Leclerc is like, ask me what I want. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. And they're like, all right, we'll ask you. Yeah. I know it's weird on our end, but it, it feels like something that came out of a conversation. I mean, I enjoy it more because then I get to hear the discussions that the team makes. Yeah, exactly. How let me look up Leclerc's Ferrari contract. It was the longest contract for Ferrari ever, I think, when he signed it. Yeah, he signed it in I think 2019 and it goes until 24. There's a great meme that's like a picture of Leclerc going, I have Ferrari's longest contract and like looking happy. And then it's like 2022. I have Ferrari's longest contract. Like looking. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> looking depressed. I yeah, and I doubt he has, uh, you know, the power like that Ricardo had of being able to just like ditch the team or sure. a buyout. Yeah, and also I don't know why McLaren gave Ricardo such a favorable contract. I thought that was very bold of McLaren. I I could see maybe three drivers on the grid deserving such a contract, and I don't think one of them is Ricardo. I think now that's easy to say and completely understandable, but at the time, Ricardo was a sought-after driver. Yeah, that's the thing. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Sure. Hi, everybody. Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. 
feel free to reach out to us at statesidef1 at gmail.com. I got to say, I put Perez for fourth just because of Verstappen's performance and Perez's performance. Like that Red Bull car is unstoppable. Yeah, but Perez has been falling back in the past couple races, I noticed. I just noticed the trends. But Monza's such a like straight line speed and stuff. I feel like there's very yeah. there's little areas for like crazy crashes. The chicanes are even simple. It's just this old school track. I mean, the longest running track that in Silverstone, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. So during lockdown, my brothers and I would play Gran Turismo and even Formula One 2020, I think. I would just practice on Monza because it was just like an easier track, but I know that track inside and out with like my steering wheel and pedals. Such nice. a blast. That's awesome. I always thought Gran Turismo had like the best soundtrack. Oh my God. That, yeah, I was just talking to someone about that. <laughs> it's like smooth I- jazz. It's just so relaxing. It's it's country club music. Totally. It's yeah, I'm going to put that on after we uh conclude this recording. Let's talk 789. I put down Lando Norris, Fernando Alonso, uh Esteban Ocon. So 789, I had Alonso Norris, so I had them flipped. And then I had Ocon. Okay. So I got I got Norris. Gasly, I just, I'm not betting on gas. Gasly's just not, wasn't doing well. He did great in Monza. He he got points at least. And Ocon not getting points. I was surprised a little bit with that. I really want Gasly in a better car. I feel like there's just some untapped potential in that guy. Yeah, get him an Alpine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Tuno, I, I, I don't know enough about Tsunoda. He doesn't get interviewed that much. I'm sure there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like we always say this Sonoda's a meme, but yeah. He's, yeah, he's so like Pokemon. <laughs> he is so <laughs> He is just so unpredictable and it it's hard to bet on a guy like that. Yeah, he I loved I saw a meme online where they you know, during the races they they give you like three seconds of the team's radio. And so they listened in on Sunoda's and it was just all bleeps out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we got to talk about the ninth place. Every, this is the news out of Monza. Nick DeFries, debut in Formula One, sitting in for Alex Albon. Alex Albon out for appendicitis. This man gets points in a Williams on his debut. He was driving a Aston Martin on for free practice on Friday, so a completely different Formula One car than he was just driving two days prior. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal job. If he doesn't get a seat, I will be so surprised. This just proves he's this just proves that it's going to happen. He's going to get a seat. And I feel like it proves that Latifi is gone. Yeah. DeVries was amazing. He he finished in the points in his first race. Kind of reminded me of Hamilton in his first race. But of course, Lewis Hamilton is just like big boss. He finished on the podium in his first race. Yeah. Third. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton, the GOAT, mm-hmm. Nick DeVries, what a spectacular performance. I mean, people like people know his name now in the Formula One community. It's not just like, oh, this racer from 
Formula E and Formula 2. It's like, no, he slayed it in a Formula 1 Grand Prix car. And the confidence it gives you. Oh just my God. out of the gate. And he had that slip up and he did awesome in qualifying. He slipped up a little bit in Q2 when he was going for his flying lap. And I think he just yeah. spun out. And I was like a little bit, I was like, oh, but at least he made it into Q2. Yeah. He's probably got such confidence. And yeah. I feel like he has the level of confidence that Lando Norris had like three weeks ago. <laughs> After his upgrades? Yeah, and then Lando Norris got dumped, and then he like overcooked the clutch on the start of Monza, and I was just like, the flame was ignited for you your first two years in Formula One. You were like the bros with Russell, Leclerc, uh, Albon, and Verstappen, but now you're just kind of driving your orange car, <laughs> you know, better than your teammate, but you're not necessarily killing it either. When Ricardo gets... Uh, replaced with Piastri, I feel like it's going to be an awakening for Lando. So Lando's on top of the world right now because he's outperforming his teammate who was supposed to come in and teach him a thing or two. So the confidence Lando has is through the roof. And he probably feels like he doesn't like he doesn't have to stress too much because Ricardo's just eating it so bad. But Piastri is going to come in with a, a a youthful vigor and something to prove. Yeah. It's going to it's going to make Lando have to, you know, step up. Going to give him a run for his money big time. And I hope Piastri performs. <laughs> Me too. That's what I hope he's not just in the car and he's just like sitting in 18th place like racing land stroll like come on man, that's like no. it's corny. Yeah. No, they're going to be close. I feel like um, Piastri and Lando is going to be a good match. Or at least a competitive match. I also heard Haas is in talks with Nico Hulkenberg for the extra seat because Schumacher is on his way out from Haas. Wow. Well, I, I knew the Schumacher thing, but I didn't know the Nico thing. He's probably going to become a Mercedes reserve driver. Yeah, I, I can see him getting off the grid. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, 10th. Uh, Joe Guan Yu took 10th. But uh, my suggestion, uh, my prediction was Alex Albon. My prediction was Alex Albon's appendix wouldn't explode and he would get 10th. Oh, my! so my 10th was Gasly, but Gasly did better. Yeah, he did. My boy. All right. Uh some last thoughts from the race. It was it was it was just a great it was a it was a clean race. Do I remember was there some racing between Stroll and Vettel and were they like kind of getting into it? Oh, I don't even remember. Or I wasn't paying attention to it. I'm trying to think of the back of the grid now. Um I don't know. Vettel DNF'd. I feel yeah. like everything's going bad for him. Once he, he made his retirement announcement, I think Lawrence Stroll pushed a like explode button on the car. <laughs> Honestly, what McLaren is doing to uh, Danny Rick, Lawrence Stroll's doing to Vettel. I would love to see, because um, at Formula One races, as as you will see, Joe, at the United States Grand Prix, not too far away. I'm excited. It'll be sick. Hopefully it'll be more racing 
and less of Post Malone singing about why he has face tattoos. Yeah, I'm there to listen to Post Malone sing Sunflower from Spider-Man Into the Spideyverse. It's the reason why I'm going. <laughs> well, actually, now that you now that we talk about musicians, Green Day is playing a concert at the at the the race or at the track. Well, I'm there only Sunday. Are they playing on Sunday? No, I think they're pl- I think they're playing Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I have it here. Vettel was out 12th lap. Uh, he had an energy recovery system issue. So it could be the um, MGUK or MGUH. You know, you know why it was it was the Italian president telling Aston Martin to pull it. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. He, he was, was there. Uh, yeah, I saw him, and I was like, "Who's this mafia guy?" The Italian. Did you hear Vettel's comments towards the Italian president? No. What did he say? So this he's eighty one years old, and Vettel, along with some other superstars. He said, you'll be meeting the queen soon. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Allegedly. No. <laughs> so he said, so Vettel was a little upset that, so Formula One signed deals with all these racetracks saying, <clears throat> you know, we're trying to be carbon neutral, so we're going to have like no or limited flyovers at each track. Mm. And Italy had like this, you know, insane army plane flyover with the Italian colors coming out of the backs of the of the uh, planes of the jets. And uh, Vettel was like, "Yeah, I guess when your president's nearly a hundred years old, ego can't get in the way of anything." That sounds like that sounds like words that would come out of a man who's about to retire. Yeah, <laughs> just no shits given. No. I mean, yeah, Formula One is just so political. It's sure. I mean, it, it involves a lot of countries, so it, it's not like it's in one country and goes from province to province or state to state. It's in multiple countries that have to deal with multiple governments and multiple ways of doing government. So it kind of weirdly has to be political by nature for it to work. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. You're right. I was even. I was just thinking about. I was thinking small. I was even thinking just within the teams. But yeah, you're right. It's oh, okay. Sorry. No, the politics yeah. are just. I'm curious if if you as Formula One can operate as your own uh, principality during the duration of your time at the track. Like you can abide by some of the country's federal laws. So almost like it's an embassy. Like, like as if it's Vatican City or Washington, like DC. <laughs> it's like its own district. Okay, so you're saying like the Formula One track? So like that's like how an embassy works. So like if I walked onto the um, Argentinian embassy, the rules from Argent it's basically considered like land in Argentina. Oh, so I right. can't extradite. I can't go in there and and pull someone out of that embassy to arrest them. Because right. it's like going into Argentina to arrest someone from a different country. Is that what you're suggesting? Exactly. Like when you walk to the track that the Formula One companies are, that Formula One is occupying that weekend, you're under the rules and the laws of Formula One with the overarching laws of whatever country you're in. That's how cruise ships work, I think. 
So because you can have a cruise ship that is registered for like, um, I don't know, like a Jamaica or something. Mm-hmm. And when it sails around and goes places, it's like that cruise ship is basically Jamaica. Yeah. So yeah, F- Formula One should operate like cruise ships. <laughs> I mean, it says it's as expensive as cruise ships, if not oh, more. More. I, I've been on a few cruises. I, I I don't know. It's not. It's you will never get me on that boat. You will never get me on a floating petri dish in the middle of the water. Yeah, that's exactly. It's it's the best part. I would go. On, I went on the cruise when I was younger with my little cousins. So mm-hmm. we would just run around the boat, like pressing all the buttons in the elevators, like just being the worst people. Yeah, just being kids. Oh yeah, we. The best thing that the thing about being on our cruise. The reason why there's so many overweight people on those boats is because the cafes are open 24-7. I remember I was on a boat. My cousin and I, there was like a cafe that had pizza. I think we had pizza like during, it was a seven-day trip. We had at least nine pieces of pizza a day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. And then we'd meet up with my other cousins and go to this other cafe and get ice cream sundaes. It It was insane. I went to an all-inclusive resort thinking like, well, you know, it's better doing this because I don't have to pay for drinks. I barely drank. Once I was there, I like had like a drink a day. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I don't drink much. Why would I think this was a good idea? (laughs) I went for my honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have to. Why did I pick an all-inclusive resort? (laughs) Oh, what? Did you go to like Atlantis or something? No, I went to in Mexico. Oh, cool. Uh, it It was all right, but it was one of those places that's like, not great. I actually booked it through AAA because I'm a cheap bastard. That's like sounds like a real dad thing to do. <laughs> it, was, it was a very dad move. <laughs> I booked it through AAA and I got a deal. And it was one of those places where like you land and then you get on a bus and then you drive through like like shady, shady areas. And then you end up at the resort and then they tell you do not leave the resort. You know what I mean? And it felt <laughs> like I was in like a white collar prison. Because I couldn't leave, but I had all of this amazing, I had all these amenities. So it weirdly made me claustrophobic. It felt like I was imprisoned, like I was being held captive, but I'm like a very, like a senator's kid. So they treat me right, but I can't leave. (laughs) Anyways, all right, we should probably end this one because this one's getting long. So we won't, we won't do predictions for this one. We'll do them for next week. Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. And feel free to DM us. Send us memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will follow you back. See you next week. Bye, guys.